When we're no longer able to change a situation, we're challenged to change ourselves. Viktor Frankl. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the podcast that helps you be the leader. My name is Jeremiah Solvin. I'm your host. And ladies and gentlemen, today's going to be an awesome episode. As always, I promise to pour into you and provide strategies and tactics that will help you succeed and absolutely fucking dominate. We're going to talk about leadership and we're going to talk about performance from time to time. But every time you're going to walk away with practical tools that you can implement to improve your situation and those around you. Okay. And what I ask is that if you find value in uh, the episode that we deliver on today, that you share it with a friend. Okay. That could be texting it, somebody emailing it, putting it in your Instagram, your Facebook story, whatever, just share it. If you find value, that's our way of growing this organically. So let's rock and roll. Um, I'm welcomed or not welcomed, but I'm also, <laughs> I'm, um, I'm, uh, joined by my trusted sidekick, the Podfather himself, Justin Phillips. What's up, dude? Jeremiah. This is already, you've already made this quite the, the recording session today, and I totally lost track of how I was going to intro myself. I never have anything good. I need to get better at that. Um, well, let's talk, let, rub, rub your crystal ball and tell me okay. your prediction for today's episode. Today's episode is going to be the best one we've ever done. Damn straight. You heard <laughs> it, folks. You freaking heard it. Um, you know, what's funny is I like how sometimes I cuss and sometimes I don't, sometimes I say things like fricking and then sometimes I just drop like, <laughs> I'm just like, fuck this, fuck that. I do that a lot too, actually. You know what else I do a lot? I don't yeah. know if this is weird. I like censor myself. I've caught that doing, I've caught myself doing that on my own videos, my own podcast and stuff. Like yeah. I was editing one of them the other day and it sounds like I censored it. Like I cut the audio, but I didn't actually, I just in real life, I'll be like, oh, I really hate this thing. And I'll say like, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Like but, you, you mute yeah. yourself, like you like you like take the word out of yourself. You're, yeah, you're yeah, always. Like I, cut the, I cut the audio in real life, in real yeah. time. You're all you're you're so obsessed with video editing and your profession there right, that you just right. can't stop doing it. Ah, uh, well, hey, I'm uh, I'm excited for today's episode, and I'm excited that we're recording today because, um, you know, I'm we I get to interact with you the day yeah. after your birthday, which I oh, think is. Cool. That is, is pretty cool. That is true. Yesterday was my birthday. Um, nothing insanely exciting happened. I worked a double header. That was fun. That's about it. Hey man, some what I heard it recently. Somebody said winning is more fun than fun is fun. Yep. Uh, I know exactly who you heard that from. It was Ed Milet. It was Ed Milet. Ed Milet said it. I thought it was really good, and it's true, man. Sometimes, I mean, all the time, winning winning yeah. is way better than actually just going out and having some fun because just feels so good. <laughs> so let's talk about winning, man. You know, happy birthday to Justin. I'm glad that you got closer to your next victory. Um, and I'm excited to, I'm excited to talk today guys. The, this episode is going to be good because we're going to address, you know, a huge problem that's, that's in this world right now. And, um, that's poor performing teams and people. Okay. Well, we all have been in a situation before where we weren't around the best people. And it could have been family members. It could be, you know, our workplace. It could be really anywhere. You see this all over the place. All right. And, uh, it's a huge problem. And that, that's, that's one of the reasons why we created this podcast, man, is to fix that problem of poor performing teams and people. Okay. So that's our mission here 
it's in the name, right? Like, Hey, be the leader. Let's fix teams. Let's, let's be the one that steps up and, and, and solves these problems. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about that today. Um, we're going to talk about how to fix poor performing teams so that if you're in one right now, maybe you go to work and everybody's negative, you go to work and everybody is, you know, bitching and complaining. Uh, you go to work and everybody's just waiting for the clock to strike the end of the duty shift so you can go home. You know, maybe you're in you're in a, a, a place like that where it just doesn't feel good to be within that team. Um, we're going to talk today about strategies and tactics to help fix that team, that poor performing team. Because um, it wasn't too long ago that I was a young soldier in the military, not so happy about the team that I was in. And uh, I wish that somebody would have been available at that time for me to to talk to about how to fix it, man, and how to, how to improve my situation. So that's what we're going to discuss and address today. Um, and if you're not in a bad team, you know, this still, still will be beneficial for you. If you're in a good team, you know, it, it's going to add to your arsenal of being even better and making that team elevate even more. Okay. So, so let's, you know, listen up, take notes. If you can, if you're driving, I understand. Don't be, you know, writing notes in your notepad. <laughs> dumb. <laughs> don't be dumb. Don't be stupid. But <laughs> Um, let's, let's rock and roll. Justin, are you excited for today's topic? I'm excited for every day's topic, Jeremiah. What the hell kind of question is that? I know. I know. All right. Um, I, I am excited for today's topic. I noticed today's topic when you started talking about it, it is something that I've actually heard fairly often from people that I know in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, j- just more so than anything else. I mean, you hear it in all you know, areas of life. I don't care where the people work, but I do hear about it in the military a lot. Like, oh, these people I work with are so bad, yada, yada, yada. And one of the first just thoughts that comes into my brain about it is that I've noticed that when you have someone that thinks they're a part of a really poor performing team, they're usually, they're maybe not a poor performer, but they're definitely not a a high performer either, at least not to the standard that we like to try to set around the, conquer academy be Mm. the leader environment that we're creating here right like i would almost everyone i know that's actually like a really solid really good leader even if they are on a poor performing team i wouldn't think would attribute much to their team being a poor performer because they're accountable right and they see that as a reflection of themselves if their team sucks dude that's huge man um man there's so much for me to pull pull back on that and to 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 discuss so um, I do find the same thing. I find that top performers aren't eager to tell you how shitty their teams are. Right. <laughs> they're, they're not. And they're, they, they frame their experience through what's inside of their control. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of, they say they might, if they are in a poor performing team, they're not really addressing that. They're addressing the things that they're excited about within that poor performing team. They're like, yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a unit um, that has its ups and downs, but here, here's what we're doing that I'm excited about, right? They frame it through yeah. an optimistic lens. And usually what you find is the person that's bitching and complaining about the team is typically part of the problem and he's the poor performer. Uh, mm-hmm. most, a lot of the times, is that kind of what you were saying? That is, Yeah, that is kind of what I was saying too. Another thing I see, I feel like is I've known people to almost intentionally get themselves around lower performing people to make themselves feel better and look better by comparison. 
mm. and without actually having to perform at a higher level, you know, like being on the friggin' bad news bears and being the best player on the team, but it's actually just a crappy team. But then you go around telling all your friends, you're like, well, you know, I can do X, Y, and Z, you know, whatever. I'm really good at this and the rest of my team sucks. And that's why we lose every game. They're more concerned with looking good in comparison to everybody else. than they are with actually winning the yeah. friggin' game. Yeah. They're the big fish in a small pond and yet, yeah. and yet they're really not even that good. Right. They, they just try to boast and brag like they are. And, uh, because compared to the, everybody else, maybe their, their, their stats, their data, their results are a little bit higher than everybody else. But if you put them among some real top performers, they, they really aren't shit. Um, and they yeah. usually go around, like you've said, talking about how yeah. they're God's gift and the, 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 the team is the problem. So yeah, you see, I see that on both sides. And I think just want to kind of say something too, is you mentioned, you see that a lot with military. I think that's, um, it's common for, I think the reason why you see people having a hard time with the teams that they're inside the military is one, because your scope of the world is a lot of military compared to, you know, the average civilian, <laughs> right? Like you're around myself and I have a big military yeah. following and stuff. So I think that w your perception is a little bit, um, you know, it's, 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 it's unique, right? Yeah. And, but on top of that, I would say that there's, there's also the truth that when you are in the military, you have good teams and you have bad teams. I've, I've been part of units that were phenomenal and then I loved when I was there. And I also had units where I was like, man, this fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. Like, why are we doing this dumb stuff? And honestly, whenever you're in a team or a unit or an organization or you're part of a system where everything is dictated towards you, you know, and, and you're told what to do all the time, that can, that can really diminish your individual performance. And it really can make you feel out of control and develop a negative mindset about the unit that you're in. So um, I think part of the military experience is that you, you, a lot of the times you're not in control, right? Most of the time you're not in control of what you're going to do and, and what you need to achieve. And so it's, it's, it can be difficult to want to do all these exceptional things, but then be kind of, you know, stifled and not be able to go and perform. So I do see that a lot. But I would also say that, you know, we, the big, the big, bigger problem here with poor performing teams is that everybody is looking for the better team. And most people aren't looking for ways to fix the current team that they're in. And so they're becoming, you know, just a, they're becoming a, a sheep. They're becoming part mm -hmm. of the problem and they're becoming a herd animal. And next thing you know, you have all these people inside of the unit that are talking about how shitty their situation is and how they can't wait to go do the next thing. And it just becomes this, like this, this vacuum of negativity. And, um, that perpetuates the problem of the poor performing team where the, the reality of the situation, all, all we really need to do is go against the grain there, be a lion among the herd of sheep, right. And, and be more optimistic, be more positive, make the most out of the situation that we're in. So, I definitely do see it in the military, but I have seen it in the civilian sector a little bit. Um, I see it with people that, you know, usually there's, there's a generational gap. Like you have the older audience, the older generation, 
and they have the new the new generation coming in the millennials or whatever it is and the millennials feel like they're not being heard they're not being seen they're not important and then the upper or the older (laughs) generation is like I can't get these guys to fucking do anything. They're not, they don't care about what we're you know, trying to achieve here. They're not results driven. They're not task oriented. They, they come in late, all those type of things. So yeah. I definitely do see it on the, on both sides. So, but let's, you know, let's, di- let's dive into this a little bit. So, you know, I was reflecting on, you know, my, my personal experience because that's all I can really talk from when we do these episodes. Right. I, I, make it a goal to never talk outside of my context. I think there's a lot of people out there in the world that will try to act like the expert or the, uh, like they have the experience to address a certain subject and they've never even dabbled in that area. You see this all the time. Like you see, I don't know how many life coaches out there, you know, teaching people a lot about life and their hardest day was when they went to the grocery store and got stung by a bee. Right. It's like, I'm not saying they don't have value to bring, but I'm just saying that we we tend to live in this world where a lot you know a lot of people are trying to be something they they don't really have the experience yet to talk about, and um, so I I'm, I always try to be very very careful about this the scope that I'm addressing and and what I've been through. But so when we were preparing for today's podcast, I was thinking back through my time in the military, and I was you know realized that when I was younger, I had a hard time too. I had a hard time with the units that I was in. And even, even in the certain unit, like maybe I was in this one unit, even within that, that singular unit, it ha- that unit had it, uh, its ups and downs. Sometimes the team was great. Sometimes the team was down and, um, it was kind of, you know, it, it just had, it was just like this roller coaster of a team essentially. So I started thinking about like the times where I felt like stressed when I went into work, when I felt like things were outside of my control, when I felt diminished, when I was kind of, you know, looking for an escape. I think that's, that's pretty natural when people are in a quote, poor performing team, they look for a way out. They look for where is the grass greener? How do I get over there? And, um, you know, my, my complaint during that time when I thought that I was in a poor performing team was that I was surrounded by all these low performers. I'm like, nobody cares. Nobody wants to do anything. And I I felt part, like I was part of that system. And that was my complaint. Okay. Um, and I didn't like it, you know, I'd go into work and it was like, man, what am I, what bullshit am I going to hear today? What complaint am I going to hear today? And, uh, I felt a little bit detached from the unit as well. And all I really wanted was to go in and have people that were positive, have people that were excited to be there, had people that I wanted to be around people that signed up for, you know, the, the military, the army, and wanted to do a good job. I wanted to be around those type of people. And, and when I got there, there were some times when I wasn't around those type of people. It was like what I thought the military was going to be and what it was were two different things. You were, I saw you taking a note. Yeah. It wasn't a, it wasn't a super important note. I just put be the one down <laughs> on my, on my sheet over here. Cause I know that's ultimately what we're getting into here. And, um, for anybody that happens to be new, by the way, uh, that's episode one of this podcast, right? Which we, we kind of mentioned at the beginning too. That's kind of the whole point of this, but that is by far one of, I say this about a lot of things, but that is by far one of the, like, just most prominent lessons i've learned ever 
to or I've seen is this idea of being the change, being the one in the situation that you want to change. And we, we've been talking about this a lot, too, actually, in the last couple of weeks, this theme of the grass being greener keeps coming up every time. And it's not greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it. And I, I could just go off a tangent about yeah. that at certain points in certain situations and people just not freaking doing anything about the situations that they complain about. Yeah, well, it's true, man. It's an honest truth. And, um, you know, it's, it's upsetting because people think the solution to a poor performing team is for somebody, a new team or somebody else to fix the problem. So let's talk to that person that's inside of a team who maybe hates it right now. Okay. Maybe he's discouraged. He feels like he's among a bunch of poor performers and he's starting to think that he, you know, he's thinking, I want something better. I want a job that I love. This isn't what I signed up for. I didn't think it was going to be like this. You know, what he wants is to feel important. He wants to feel like the work that he's doing matters. Um, and he wants to feel like the harder he works, the more opportunity he'll get, you know, and this guy, this person, he also wants to be around others that are the same way. That's really not too much to ask, but the problem for him is that he feels like he can't make a difference. He feels like maybe his team and everybody around him is bringing him down. And, you know, he's really, honestly, he's tired of being around other people, you know, that are, that are poor performing. They just don't care. Their morale is down. They're discouraged. And let's talk to this person and fix the problem. Let's fix the real problem. Okay. The, the real, the real problem here is, um, well, the reality is that teams like that do exist. Okay. That's the reality of the situation. And I've been in them, but really the solution is a difficult one because it requires you to start fighting as, as the leader in that organization. Okay. The solution is to stop looking at everyone else to fix what's fucked up. It's true, right? Like, let's stop looking at my chain of command, my superior officers, my superior NCOs, my superior leaders, and, and stop looking at them to solve my problems. Okay. I was guilty of this. You know, I was, the, I was the one that was saying, Hey, when I'm in charge, I'm going to do things differently. And the, one of the big problems with poor performing teams is that they're full of people that are treating their superiors like magicians. And they think that those, those people should fix all of their problems. Hey, if it wasn't just like this, if, if, uh, you know, if they would just let us off on time every Friday, then everybody's ears morale would be higher and the blah, blah, blah. Right. And, and that's bullshit. Okay. We need to stop looking at them at these superiors as magicians and stop, start looking at them as real people making judgment calls and decisions that are best for them and the organization. That's what they're striving to do. And then we need to start focusing more on what's within our control and start stepping up. Okay. So let's stop looking at everyone else to fix what's fix what's fucked up and start stepping up. Okay. Which means as an individual, if I'm in a poor performing team, my job, when everybody else is bitching and complaining and talking about the lack of opportunity, my unit won't do this for me. They won't give me a promotion. They won't send me this school. Okay. My job, when I start hearing that stuff is that I need to be the rock. I need to be the voice of reason. I need to be the compass for the team. 
I need to counter those arguments, change the perception of the team so that they're optimistic, so that they're positive. Okay. You need to, you need to be the change inside of the unit to fix the poor performing team. That's where it starts. That's the honest truth. And here's the reality of the situation too, is that being that person, like you mentioned, Justin, the one is fucking hard. Because you're going up a you're going up against a situation. If you're in a low performing team, you're you're in an environment where the enemy is against you, okay? And you have more of them than than of you. And the enemy in this situation is the negativity, the discouragement. You have, in general, a three to one ratio of negative poor performing people to one optimistic person. It's it's there. It's three of the enemy to one of you. Those are shitty odds, man. And you're generally defeated if you're the one that's going to go in and try to be optimistic, be a go-getter, and try to change things. You're going up against a force that's that's outnumbering you. And so it's fucking hard. And not only that, but it's a problem that you can't solve in a singular day. You can't fix a poor performing team in a singular day. Just because you go into work optimistic one day doesn't change shit. Just because you try you counter a, a negative We'll call him a negative Nancy. Just because you counter a negative Nancy's uh, complaint as an optimistic leader doesn't mean it's going to change right then. It's going to take repetition. It's going to take constantly um, approaching that enemy every single day and trying to trip them across time. And that's the that's that's the truth, man. And you're going to feel defeated. And not only that, but if when you choose as a leader to step up and fix that poor performing team, guess what? You're going to have a bad day along the way. You're going to have days where you don't feel so optimistic. You're going to have days where you don't feel so positive, so energetic. And then you're going to go in there and try and change the culture and change the team. It's going to be tough, man. But but the reality is, like I said, that's what it takes to fix poor performing teams. Okay. Control what you can control. And then every day go in and try to make a difference. Let me pause there. Justin, what are you thinking so far? How do you... How would you approach becoming, I think what you need to do is become more of an optimistic person, become more of an optimistic person. Like I want to put emphasis on that, not put on an optimistic face when you walk into work, you know, like you have to actually be more optimistic when you're there, when you're around your team and you have to lead by example first, you know, your goal up front, I wouldn't say is going to all your subordinates or whatever and being like, hey, we need to be more optimistic because those I, those people aren't going to do that. You know, they're just going to keep being, rah, rah, the, you know, the boss is the issue, whatever. And so actually being more optimistic and trying to start getting that to spread can be difficult. And kind of like you're saying, I think it's actually a big point that you hit on that it doesn't happen in a day. It probably doesn't happen in a week. You know, it's got to become this this new culture essentially. So how do you approach that when you're, cause you're starting out frustrated, uh, you know, there's something broken inside of the team that you're in. How do you just suddenly decide like, Hey, this is great now so that you can kind of get those wheels turning for yourself. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I first started to do. The first thing I started to do was I recognized that there was aspects of my unit that I couldn't control. Okay. That basically the the, the army or the army as an entire organization is going to dictate what I'm going to do with my time. A lot of, a lot of the time it's going to say where I'm going to go. I'm going to come down on orders for things I don't necessarily agree with or, or that, um, aren't in line with the, the things that I have planned. 
Okay. And there's going to be a lot of uncontrollables in my life. Okay. Once I realize that, then I, I compartmentalize all those experiences and I say, okay, this goes into a box of shit that I can't control. And I just put it over there. I have, I'm stressed out about all this stuff. I don't want to be stressed about, you know, this tasking that just came down or the fact that I can't go to the school that I want to go to. I don't want to be stressed about that stuff. Instead, what I want to do is go into work and I want to have a good fucking day. Okay. And so somebody that's, that's frustrated and they're trying to figure out like how to make the most of their situation. Well, the first step is to, to compartmentalize the shit that you can't control and now start focusing on what you can control. Right. As simple as logical as that sounds. Okay. And then, you know, when you go into work, like Gandhi said, you need to be the change you want to see. If you want to be in a unit, be in a team that's optimistic, positive, and a go, go getting team, you got to act and behave like one, which means that if you're trying to be optimistic and you can't find anything to be optimistic about, bro, you got to dig harder. You got to, you got to find, you got to hunt for it. What's good about my situation? What do we have going for us? What's awesome about this? You know, you got to reframe it in your mind so that you believe it. You believe that you, you know, you, you, you have so that you automatically have the optimistic mindset, right? You have to reframe it. Do I need to expand on reframing? I feel like that's simple. Like everybody gets that. You probably should actually. Okay. So reframing is like a term in psychology, right? To, to basically take a situation and change how you perceive it. Like, for example, if you got a bunch of bad shit in your life that's happened to you, maybe you got in a car accident, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like a horrible situation. The natural reaction, the way you frame that situation is that, man, why did this happen to me? Okay, mm-hmm. this happened to me. I'm, you know, I had these big dreams. I'm getting screwed right now. It's a victim mentality is what it is. Right. Okay. And then the trick is to, when you want to reframe, you say, okay, well, how is this happening for me? Yeah. Right. This is, this could be happening for me. Hey, I got in a car accident. Hey, you know, it was really, wasn't that bad. I just broke my leg. It's going to take six months to recover. And then, you know, by the time I'm done with all this, I'm going to have a story that I can share with other people about how I overcame some adversity. And maybe that can help somebody else in their journey when they get injured in a car accident. I don't know. It's kind of a weak hypothetical, but you get what I'm saying, right? It's like you take that, you take a, you take a situation and you frame it into a positive thing that you believe in, but it it takes work. It takes mental energy to find what's good about your situation. You got to hunt for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll help you become optimistic too. And of course you're using, you're using a little bit exaggerated of an example, not necessarily if that did happen to somebody, you would do that, but you know, this happens to everybody. Like if you get turned down for a job and then you get an even better job two weeks later, you know, type of thing where it's like you dodged a bullet. It's that type of thing with reframing when something bad happens, just search for the good in it or be like, what good could come out of this? And then, cause then the whole like law of attraction starts to set into essentially when you start thinking about things that way, you know, when you think about good things coming to you, they tend to. Yeah, absolutely. And when you, when you, when you reframe your experience, you're going to automatically, you know, have more energy and you're going to approach your team differently. So you're going to be a different type of leader. Now, once you reframe the experience that you're in, like maybe you're in a poor performing team and you find the good thing that's, that's happening inside of that team. Like maybe you're, maybe you're deployed and you guys are like not doing shit because, um, the army is pulling out of the middle East and it's, you're just sitting on your hands every single day and you signed up 
because you wanted to go overseas and kick indoors, right? You wanted to go do cool guy stuff. Well, that, that could be like a, a negative experience, but if you reframed it like Major Steele did when I was a junior leader, he would find the shitty situation and he would find the good stuff. And he would say, hey guys, like I know we're over here. We're not really doing much. Let's get in the books. Let's become, let's go back to the States as the best humans possible. Let's get more physically fit. Let's get it. Let's study our asses off, be an expert in our craft. Let's get hands-on training with all this equipment that we have over here. And let's go back and be absolutely unstoppable when we get to the rear. When we get the rear is like garrison, like the States, right? And so, you know, that, that simple framing changes everybody's perception inside of the unit and it gives them a different thing to focus on. Okay. And so once you have done that for yourself, um, it's like, uh, you know, I like to think of this little approach right here, you, you know, reframing as, um, Grant Cardone talks about, you know, how to sell essentially. He said, uh, yes, in the does. books, in, in the book, sell to be sold or sell or be sold. He says the first sale is to yourself. Right. And that's true in, in leadership and, and, and creating buy-in, you have to believe in it yourself first. Mm -hmm. How is my experience good? And then through that, when you, when you believe in it, you have conviction. If I have conviction in something, people buy in. For example, if I know I have the, the cure to cancer, okay, and I know it with certainty, I've seen it work, and I have somebody in front of me that has cancer, and I got this vial right there, and they're skeptical, and I'm like, hey, I have this vial, it'll cure cancer, and they're like, no way, bullshit, and I'm like, in my mind, I'm completely blown away, right? I, I have conviction yeah. And, and giving them that vial, I'm like, no, dude, you have to have this, right? It creates this, like, this very authentic level of conviction and this level, very authentic level of honesty that creates buy-in and people, and you become believable, right? Yeah. Which is, which is what you want inside of a low performing team. You want to be believable. You want to be the one that, that, that people are like, oh shit, this guy, he's serious. Like he knows he, he knows something that I don't because this is fucking crazy that he's thinking like that, right? Like, why is this guy so optimistic about us being deployed right now? And uh, why, you know, he sees it as an opportunity. Holy shit. Maybe I should start thinking like that. That's what the team's going to do. So I'm highlighting, you know, that we need to change our perception, reframe, but then we also need to be repetitious in the message. Okay. We need to be communicating a new narrative to the team. Okay, because humans are essentially like, like I said, we're, we're a lot like sheep. We're a lot like parrots. We repeat stories that we're told. Like how many times have you met somebody that believes something, but that they don't really even have a reason why they believe it? Like when, they, when you really ask them, does that, do you ever, do you, does that, can you think of anybody like that right now? You want me to expand on it real quick? I know what you're saying. I, I want to be able to think of an example, at least in my own mind. I okay, can't so off the top of my head. I mean, the the vague example I think of is like anything that the media tells anybody, <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. But outside of that, I can't really think of any specifics. Yeah. If you've ever heard somebody, you know, believe something and then you say, why do you believe that? And they're like, just because, <laughs> right? <It's, laughs> they've never really even looked into it. So here'd be a really easy one that everybody might be able to relate to. Um, money doesn't grow on trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, that's a belief that a lot of people believe for no no reason. Yeah, it's like something their parents. Yeah, yeah, their parents. Their parents told them that as a kid, even though we literally print money on machines, <laughs> and it, and if you money doesn't grow on trees, no, but it, it grows on a machine, <laughs> and 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 there's plenty of it. Like there, it's all over the place, right? Yeah. Uh, there's an abundance of it. So, you know, 
what I'm saying is that um, we need to we need to reframe. We need to being rep, be repetitious with our message so that we change the narrative of the team, right? We need to change the belief of the team. Hey, this isn't a, a poor performing team. This is actually a great experience, man. Like these are hard times that we're going in. These are these are this is a hard deployment that we're in for for sure. That's the reality of the situation. But here's the optimistic standpoint on it, dude. We're getting super fit. We're hanging out. This is a hard time. We're gonna remember these. We're gonna have these memories for life. Okay, that's the leader's role. So if you want to fix a poor performing team, those are two actionable steps you can start taking right now. Um, here's here's another point that I will say about fixing a a, a low performing or poor performing team, and that. If you're that person inside of the the unit or the team that wants everybody to to be energetic, they you want everybody to be go getters, okay? And you're kind of you're in a position where you're thinking negative, man. This sucks. You don't really see the positive of what you're experiencing, okay? My question to that person is, how have you set your life up to see the optimistic? Okay, what I mean is. You need, to, you need to set your life up to have an unfair advantage against the enemy. Okay, the enemy in this example is negativity and low performance. You're going into a combat zone every single day and people are bitching, people are complaining, people are whining, people are talking about the, the negative. How are you setting your life up so that when you go into that battle, you're going to succeed? Okay, what I mean is what are you listening to? Who else are you around that's thinking like you? Who else are you around that, who else have you put in your life that is optimistic and positive? How are you setting yourself up so that you can equip yourself with the armor you need to go into battle and win in that low performing team? Too many people in life, man, they sit back, they have the victim mentality, right? They're like, oh, my unit sucks. My team sucks. They go into work. They hear everybody bitch. They go home. They turn on fucking news. They go on social media. They're not deliberate about what they're digesting inside of their minds. They're not changing. They're not putting positive things into their head. They're, I mean, the person listening to this right now is, is, is on the right track, <laughs> right? They are. But most people don't, man. The low performer out there, he's not doing that. He's going home. He's playing fucking video games. And then he's complaining about that video game. <laughs> so if you want to succeed and you want to win in a low performing team, you got to be a freak about what's going in to your, to your mental diet. And then also your relationships outside of the negative team that you're in. Are you seeking out communities that are more positive? Are you seeking out, you know, audiobooks and podcasts that are more positive that give you a different perspective? Are you equipping yourself with the right mental armor to go into the negative low performing team? Okay. You need, so when we talk about the three to one ratio, I mentioned that earlier. I like that ratio because the army uses three to one when you put a plan together to destroy your enemy, okay? The army says, hey, if you want to go up against one guy, one bad dude with a gun, you know, you got to have three dudes to defeat him. That's the right allocation. Like, why would you want to go into a gunfight? And it's a it's a one-on-one situation. I don't want that. I don't want, an, I don't want a fair situation. I want an unfair advantage, right? Like, I want to guarantee my victory. So when you're, when you're getting ready to go into this team every single day, how are you creating an unfair advantage? Okay, the Conquer Academy members have it right. They've done it. Um, they're in the top one percent because they've they found they know this battle, and what they've done is they found other people 
that are thinking like them, that they can relate to, that are optimistic, that want to make change, that want to do something bigger in life. And they've gotten around others that are the same way. So they, they're getting, they're building that armor. So when they go into work and they're frustrated with like a low performing teammate, they have a conversation that they had with somebody else that's been through the same thing that knows how to get through that. And they're equipped and they don't feel, and then, and they don't feel alone, by the way. What are your thoughts on the three to one ratio and kind of like setting, you know, your life up to have an unfair advantage against the enemy? There's a difference, first of all, between seeking out everything that you mentioned prior with the paying attention, what goes into your mental diet, you know, seeking out certain people to be around, seeking out the right information, et cetera. There's a difference between seeking it out and just wanting it like, oh, it'd be nice to be mentored by Dwayne Johnson. I don't know. But, you know, but there's a difference between that and like actually going and booking calls with people, actually going and sending out emails to people, actually going and paying people to do stuff like that. Like all of this stuff, usually if it's worth anything, is going to come at a cost because yeah. at the end of the day, that's quite literally what cost means. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, so and not, not necessarily a financial cost. A lot of times, yes, that does exist, but it's going to come at some sort of cost. You're going to have to sacrifice some sort of time. You're going to have to sacrifice some sort of money. You're going to have to sacrifice something in order to really get over that hump, in order to really se separate yourself from whatever you're trying to get away from. Yeah, it's going to take deliberate effort. It's going to take you sacrificing entertainment over uh, maybe an hour of like literally looking for the exact type of people you want to be around, right? It's, it takes yeah. a small sacrifice. But and here's the reality of the situation too, is that what you you're serious about what you pay for. Yeah. Right. That's the reality. You put your money into the things that you're serious about. Yeah. So if you're serious about, you know, having a new car, you buy one. If you're, <laughs> if you're, if you're serious about, you love working out, you just love the way you look, you, you buy a gym membership. If you're mm -hmm. serious, whatever you're serious about, you put some type of dollar amount into it in some capacity, right? Like some people are like, Hey man, I love being energetic. I put money into energy drinks, right? Yeah. They go buy yeah. three bucks worth of $3 drink or whatever. Yeah. Some caffeine. They're serious about that. So for somebody that's in a low performing team, my challenging question is what are you investing in to fix it? Mm -hmm. What do you do? What are you showing that you're serious about? Like, are you, are you really serious about fixing this yeah. problem or are you just, you know, complaining about it and not doing anything about it and not demonstrating that you're serious about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you really want it. Right. Like, I mean, people put money into what they want at the end of the day. And that's what, so there's a separator between the people that, you know, maybe they come to you because you do this and you have all the experience and et cetera. So maybe they come to you. They say, I want to change my life in whatever way I want to make more money or I want to become a better leader in this position that I have at work you know, et cetera. And I know that this is something we do in Conquer Academies. We kind of try to vet these people to figure out, do they want it or do they just want to want it? Dude, and Tom, Tom Brady said this. I, I posted it in my story the other day. He said, everybody wants to be the best, but um, basically very few are willing to sacrifice. Yeah. You know, and it's the reality, just like you're talking about right now. Like everybody says that they want this change, but yeah. where's the action behind that desire? Yeah. And if you're not going to put the action behind it, do you even really want it at all? Um, you know, you see this same challenge with people that are in maybe not low performing teams, but people that have achieved some success and there's, they're in complacent teams. 
like yeah. like okay I've, I've done well in my career i've advanced maybe i'm in like a really unique organization inside the military and they get there and they're around other people that are were at one point top performers and now they're all in this unit and the general culture is complacency people are satisfied that they've arrived inside of that team it's not low performing per se but it is complacent you have the yeah. one guy that still wants more yeah okay and so he'll come in he'll say that he'll say the same shit he'll say hey man you know everybody around me is basically you know looking for retirement they're excited about the exit plan from this job he's like i just want to push and do more okay and you're like all right well here's a path for you it requires you to give up uh the current the current job you're in or it requires you to um participate in this program or this community and then they're like ah well i guess i don't i guess i don't really want to do that and so they they basically want to grow but only on their terms and they don't want to mm -hmm. be uncom uncomfortable and that keeps them in the same place yep so you know i guess my, my point with that is it doesn't matter what you're doing on your own, you know, just, just, but you got to do something to give yourself an unfair advantage inside of that team to, to force yourself to be a high performer among low performers, right? To be a leader among people that don't want to be leaders, to be a lion among sheep. You have to set yourself up to be that when you go into work. Okay. And that could be audios. It could be communities. It could be, um, you know, all different types of, I mean, those are the first things that come to mind. I would say uh, meetups, meetups would be another one. Uh, finding free meetup, meetups, that'd be a great one. I'm trying to think of free things right now, just off the top of my head. That's up to the person to figure out, okay? I'm not here to solve all those problems. I'm here to give you the strategy, break down some tactics, and then you go implement. So set yourself up to succeed and go in to work as a lion is my point. And then the other point I have with, with fixing poor performing teams is, you know, we need to become an all seasons leader. Okay. I'm going to call it an all seasons leader because what that implies is that you're going to go through quote unquote, you know, summer, you're going to winter, spring, fall, and yeah. no matter what the weather quote unquote, you know, the environment around you, we need to be a type of person that can lead in those situations can rise up, can be a high performer when you're at, when things are at the worst. Like if I'm in a blizzard, Okay. I still need to be able to put my foot in front of the other and move. Still need to be able to climb the mountain. I like, I forget who said it. Um, but he said, there's no such thing as bad weather, only weak men. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of that? Um, I don't know, man, there's some pretty, pretty bad weather, but I, <laughs> okay, I, fair I get, I get the gist. Yeah. I get the right, gist well, of the quote. We're not talking, we're not talking about it's going to kill you. Okay. We're just saying, <laughs> Hey, it's, it's, un it's unfavorable weather. Okay. There's no <laughs> such thing as, as bad weather. People call unfavorable weather, bad weather. Like, Oh, yeah. it's drizzling out. I got to stay inside and not do my run. Nope. That's not the right. problem. We're just weak. Yeah. Well, similarly, there is the concept and I forget, this is a quote too, that came from somewhere and i see it all the time just by nature of being in the corner of the internet that i'm in but it's the idea of i don't want a lighter load i want a stronger back yeah type of go. idea and i think we're going for the same thing here when you're tying it to a poor performing team versus your own performance and leadership you know you shouldn't want a, a lighter load you know you shouldn't want it to be carried for you by the rest of the team so on and so forth you should want to build up whatever it's going to take to actually make the what you've got work. 
No, but you're exactly right. Okay. Um, you know, having a, we all need a stronger back. That's really what we're addressing here. We need to be an all seasons leader, meaning no matter what's going on around us, I need to be able to show up as the best me. Okay. If I can win like that, I can win anywhere. Okay. Winning gets easier. And it's the leader that everybody wants to follow. It's the change that everybody wants to see in the world. So be it. All right. And that, that's the message for today. As simple as that sounds, I know that it's, it's what is really today's message is what everybody doesn't want to hear. It, you know, they, they don't want to hear that they are the solution. Okay. And I, 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 maybe that sounds like I'm lecturing the listener right now, but I'm really, I'm lecturing my old self. Okay. Because I, there was a time when I was, when I was young and I was coming up and I was looking for everybody else to fix my problems. And that's not how you fix low performing teams. You fix it by being the example and equipping yourself. Okay. You got to equip yourself to go into that battle and fight that enemy every single day. And what happens when you do this, when you go in every single day, try to be your best, be optimistic, look for the hunt for the good stuff. Okay. Change the team culture. Eventually another one of you start, will pop up. Somebody else will start mirroring you. Somebody else will be inspired by what you're doing and start demonstrating the same type of behaviors. Other people outside of your team are going to be gravitated and want to join you. They're going to say, man, you're going to, you're going to be the grass that's greener on the other side for them. And it's going to bring in other people that have the same type of mindset. Okay. But it doesn't happen overnight. So I'm going to, I'm going to close out with the quote that we started with, because this is really the key point. Okay. The quote was when we're no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. And so that's what I want you to focus on today as a leader of your team, whether you're a subordinate, a superior, no matter whether you're a peer leader, it doesn't matter. You're going to have things that are uncontrollable. But what I'm asking you to do is to change yourself until next time. Be the leader. I need some motivation. motivation. Every day I try a little harder, but my dedication. dedication. Keep my head way, way above the water. Trying myself when I yell at the wall. Begging to run, but I needed to crawl. I see the finish line up ahead. Trying to get traction from all of this tread. I am a king. I am a queen. I am more than the people can see. I am strong when I'm needing to be. Vulnerability's nothing to me. You can try, but I'm unshakable. My successes is never debatable. I'm coming and I'm so interchangeable. Here's to you and all that you are capable. You gotta go hard, better get it. You gotta go hard.